This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by the president and CEO of the Nebraska Methodist Foundation, Tracy Madden McMahon. Tracy is going to talk to us about the role of being CEO of a foundation, what that looks like, the big priorities, which changed the pandemic, what's the focus on fundraising and use of funds, and, and a little bit more. Tracy, can you take a moment to introduce yourself? Absolutely. First of all, Scott, thank you for having me today. We had our first in-person board meeting after about 17 months yesterday, and I have to say I'm still kind of on a high from it. It was so great to be able to connect with our board members face-to-face. So I am the president and CEO of Methodist Hospital Foundation. We raise, protect, and distribute funds to really strengthen the health of all of our communities. And so we do that for Methodist Hospital, Methodist Women's Hospital, Nebraska Methodist College, as well as all of our Methodist Physicians Clinics. So personally, I've been here for 10 years. Um, Kind of interestingly, what led me here, because this is a second career for me, is really being a grateful patient. So about 18 years ago, I spent a month on Methodist Hospital on bed rest um, with twins and really experienced what we like to call our culture, which is the meaning of care. Um, And I could give you story after story about just how exceptional everyone was, um, you know, but particularly the nurses. That's an awfully long time to be in the hospital. And it's such a labor of love. um, And people don't always think of fundraising as that. um, But it is such a labor of love to be able to make sure that other people are met with the same kindness and compassion that I was all those years ago. So I'm going to ask you two different sets of questions. First is I'll ask, how are the twins today? (laughs) The twins are 18 or soon to be 18 and just graduated from high school. Um, So we're, you know, navigating that next phase of life and college and so grateful that they've been able to be vaccinated. And I think their freshman year in college will look different and be a little bit more, quote unquote, normal than it was last year. So they're doing really, really well. Um, But I do attribute... Um, that in large part to Methodist, you know, I, they probably should not be here today. Um, and that, that's never lost on me. You know, even when you and a parent of teenagers will tell you, even when you're just like, oh, my goodness, you know, I'm at what's end with these teenagers. Um, there is definitely a level of appreciation that they're just here. Just magnificent, heartwarming, and it really shows that bridge to, to Methodist health and, and the foundation and so forth. Talk a little bit about through the pandemic, through COVID-19, how has fundraising changed? And, and talk a little bit about fundraising for a large foundation. Is it a handful of small donor, big, big donors? Is it a lot of small donors? Is it a mix of both? Is more of an electronic versus what it used to be? What does fundraising look like today? So I think the short answer is it's all of the above. Um, you know, the most important thing is for people to feel a passion and a connection. Um, fundraising, oftentimes, I think it's a bad rap as, you know, twisting arms and, and getting to be, do, getting people to do something that they don't want to do. And that couldn't be further from the truth. We really look at our donors as our partners. Um, and they're great people to work with because they want the change. They want the innovation. They don't want to incrementally move the needle forward. They're really looking at addressing the tough, hard problems that we all face when it comes to healthcare. So that's a great spot to be in. And it's just about how they're able to do so. We like to say that there's no such thing as a minor gift. Every gift is major to the person who's giving it. Um, so really valuing that. So that could be 
a $25, you know, grateful patient meaning of care award that someone's making for the very first time. And to them, that is their ultimate thank you for having a family member's life saved. Or it could be a $5 million um, gift to a capital campaign and everything in between. So it really does give us the opportunity to work with a wide variety of different people in different ways. Face to face is still our preferred mode. So going back to what does fundraising look like? Well, it's been different as everything has been different. Um, you know, in the past 17 months, it's nice to be getting back at least in a limited capacity um, to doing some face to face, but certainly you know, as we saw so many different changes and adaptations, um, that electronic means of giving and that social media way, crowdfunding is is something that we're seeing now and have in the past five or 10 years that, you know, 20 years ago, we never would have even thought of. When you look at fundraising, I, I know that systems have become more and more sophisticated about this. How much focus is there on seeking out big gifts as well as the small gifts. But talk about seeking out big gifts, foundational gifts. How much focus in planning and strategy is there around those kinds of things? And how has that changed over the years too? Well, I think that our donors are very, very smart and savvy, and they want to make a good investment, um, and that's how they see it as an investment in their community. And so um, it's incumbent upon us to be able to really present a compelling case to them and not a business case. You know, we often say um, more space is not what our donors are interested in. They're really interested in elevating the patient and the family experience, doing something different that our community really, really needs. So those are the projects. We talk about the health system's needs and the donor's interest and kind of as if you're looking at it as a Venn diagram, where is that crossover? That's the space that we want to be in when we're out talking to these individuals. And, you know, major gifts are just that. They're um, very significant and they should be a lot of work um, because it's a significant investment that someone's making in your organization. And so um, I don't know so much of its strategy, but certainly there is a conversation, there is an understanding, there is uh, a lot of times a no, um, because not every project is right for every donor. So it's really about finding um, that area where they want to be and the health system needs to go. Magnificent. I mean, it really reflects a sort of centered approach to fundraising. And, and in some ways, you're in the fundraising, you're in the sales world, even though you're selling a a, 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 a a wonderful thing, the Methodist Health System and, and, and greatness for the community. Talk for a moment about learning to deal with rejection. Because you had mentioned, you know, some people say no, and of course they do. But how, how mm-hmm. is that? Did it, did it take a while to get used to that, to develop a thick skin for that? Or how does that, how did you work through that? And, and how do people get better at that? You know, I'd say that I would give a lot of credit to our donors and certainly the team here um, at Methodist. And some of it is just um, having the right personality. I had a prior career um, that was challenging and where you heard no a lot. And so I think that I came into this role already understanding that that would be kind of part of just any thing that you're trying to do. You're not going to hear yes all the time. So not to be deterred on that. Um, So some of it is having the right personality and some of it is having the ability to work with the right people who say no doesn't mean no forever. It means no right now. It means no to this, um, but keep in touch. And then, and you do. And, you know, if it's the right fit or the right project, um, 
people are are wonderfully generous in the Omaha community. I can't say enough about the community, not just for our Methodist Hospital Foundation, but for all nonprofits. You know, we like to say if it can't get done in Omaha, it can't get done anywhere. So I think that there's a lot of truth to that and that it's very helpful to think, okay, well, this didn't work this time around. This is a great person. You know, we'll go back down in the future and see if we can partner together on something. And, and another question. You're in Omaha, of course, the the, the most famous citizen of Omaha is Warren Buffett, or maybe the most mm-hmm. famous citizen of, of, of Omaha is Warren Buffett. Does every philanthropic effort, every charity, every foundation try and approach the Buffett Foundation or Warren Buffett? And, and is that just part of the game in Omaha? And, 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 you know, without talking inside baseball and stuff like that, is that just part of the, the world of Omaha? And, and are they big donors in the greater community? Well, Mr. Buffett is certainly very generous throughout the country, throughout the world. Um, That certainly rings true with he and his family here in Omaha. I think what is sometimes forgotten or maybe not fully understood is there are a lot of individuals in the Omaha community who were early investors with Mr. Buffett. So um, there are a lot of individuals who have this amazing capacity to do good for our community. So of course, there is an interest and a focus, and I would not be being honest if I didn't say that um, in any of the foundations um, that are Buffett supported, but it goes beyond that. It goes to individuals who have capacity to do things and really want to get involved. And so there are a lot of those individuals out there um, that maybe you wouldn't you know, know, like you would know Warren Buffett, but are, are philanthropists just the same. That makes a ton of sense. There's a lot of people that got wealthy with Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway. There's a lot of those in the Omaha community, and a lot of those are contributors one way or another to the Nebraska Methodists and a lot of other places. I, mm-hmm. I, and I apologize for putting you on the spot in that question. I know it was a no, pre planned no, question. It's so interesting when you mentioned Omaha. Thank you so much. Talk about, Tracy, your three big priorities this year. And it's a pleasure to hear you talk and hear your thoughts on the Nebraska Methodist Foundation. It's truly fascinating. Top priorities this year. So I would say looks different than last year. Um, last year was really just a year about being supportive in whatever way we could, um, and no one had planned for that. Um, one of the things that I think all of the leadership team talks about is the stress, um, the burnout um, after coming through the 17 months or beginning to emerge from the 17 months that that we have. And so I think strengthening mental health support, um, which was a priority prior to this, is even more important. Um, That can be in our schools. It can be in our community sites. um, It can be for our caregivers. It can be renewal rooms for frontline caregivers. It can be a research study that we're funding into physician health and and better ways to address that. So all of that is critically important. Our people are our most valuable resource. So keeping them, you know, adrenaline can get us through almost anything, but it's after the adrenaline fades. And when you are really faced with what you've been through and now what the future looks like, that it's incumbent upon us to be there and to support our all of our employees. So that is one of our priorities for sure. Um, We have some new full ride scholarships at Nebraska Methodist College specifically designed to grow that next generation of leaders, which we know is so important with all of the nurses that are retiring. Um, So that will be a focus as we implement that scholars program. And then just one that is probably evergreen and every fundraiser would say is ensuring space, technology, and resources. 
Um, that is always, always a concern. The Methodist Women's Hospital um, delivers about a kindergarten class every single day when it comes to babies. So there's just a tremendous need at that campus as well as throughout our health system. Magnificent. Tracy, I want to thank you for joining us today. Tracy Madden-McMahon, CEO, President of the, the Nebraska Methodist Foundation. Just magnificent what you do and what you've accomplished. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Scott.